0: Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin. This is Hashem, BPW number 23. That's Bias Pnemi, share number 23 for women. Um, We're going to talk today about how careful we need to be to guard our heart, not to be jealous of other people's relationships, not to fall short in the loyalty one is to have towards their husband, Even if things grow somewhat stale, or if in the early years of marriage, or as Hassan and Kala, there was a certain infatuation, or a spark, or a chemistry, which over the years uh, waned till there's a point where you don't have that flame of intensity anymore, or haven't had it for a long time, to remember to guard your heart very carefully, not to throw dirt on it but to continue to do everything you can to appreciate your marriage and to appreciate your husband and to grow. And to grow with your own personality, to grow in your marriage, and to allow your marriage to thrive. It's very important to know, as we all that are married for a while know, that the high of a passionate love doesn't last forever. Um, the body builds up a tolerance to natural chemicals in the brains associated with being in love, and you're not going to feel that euphoria if those who experience that—it's you know—you're not going to experience it anymore. And some people interpret that corresponding decrease in that um, infatuation or that attraction or that chemistry or that sexual desire, even, to mean and interpret, oh, oh, if that's happening, and things are, quote-unquote, not that way anymore, then I'm no longer in love. I don't love this person anymore. And for many, unfortunately, that marks the beginning of the end and ultimately the end of the relationship. This happens so much in secular culture, but it happens sometimes within our from community as well. However, what's very important is don't put an end to love the way it really is, but transition. Transition to the longer-lasting marriage connection, what's meant to be. The brain cannot tolerate a continuing, revved-up state of passionate love. And when the passion fades, kicks in different chemicals. And excitement may diminish, but there is a certain security, there's a certain compassionate, companion-type love that provides a different type of love that most married couples, all married couples, actually, could experience, and it doesn't necessarily mean that it's any less pleasurable. When we had the therapist on that talked about physical intimacy, she explained it somewhat also that even the physical intimate aspects are very different in that early part of the relationship versus the physical intimacy in married life. It's a different feel to it. Your brain is more at rest. It's not agitated. It's not excited. It's not in that what we call just now revved up state of passionate love. But what it does does have is a deeper aspect to it. Now that doesn't mean you can marry, be married marry many years and there, you can put the work together to create a certain excitement. And But that requires work. And the idea is is that you need to put in that hard work to stir that fire that 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 those embers that are still there, but it's dormant to renew that sense of excitement. Don't throw dirt on the fire to extinguish it altogether. That's what many married couples do, and they make that mistake just because you crave that euphoric happiness that either you experience when you were younger or you imagine other people are experiencing that intensity and so on and so forth. And therefore, that has you gravitate towards, first of all, a certain feeling of jealousy, or a certain feeling of inferiority, or a certain feeling of loss. And Halila, what can happen very often is one could find themselves gravitating towards other men who pay more attention to you, who make you feel special, or cherished, or desirable again, because of the attention they gave you. And it's very, very important to guard yourself from that. That's what emotional affairs how it begins, which sometimes often could turn into a physical connection. What one needs to understand is that intensity, intensity of passion is not what genuine intimacy actually is. There's a big difference between intensity and intimacy. Intensity is the feeling of extreme excitement, of euphoria. It's usually a byproduct of a brand new relationship, It masquerades as intimacy. It's what infatuation is in the beginning of many male-female relationships. And you're getting to know new things about the person. And you think you're experiencing intimacy. But discovering new things about someone you don't know so well isn't really intimate. It's just new. It could be exciting. It could be intense tense but very often it's superficial and temporary and your mind tricks into thinking when you're in the fatuated mode that that is very deep no 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 this is a deep love they really get me in reality indeed it is superficial and temporary or it's certainly incomplete and therefore it may feel intimate but it's false intimacy of course as we know the famous word intimacy is broken down in syllables syllables of into me see, which means the ability to see into the heart and the mind and the neshama of another person, which is impossible until after you got to know that individual over a longer period of time. And, And that comes only after that intensity wore off already. And now you begin to see things that other people can't possibly know unless they actually live with the person day to day. And That is why very often we experience issues, whether it's in the physical intimate aspects, emotional, relationship, because what happens very much is that many husbands are very loyal, very faithful, and very generally good to their wives, but because that excitement factor has gone down, there's a certain disillusionment, or a certain feeling of distance, or a certain even disdain, unfortunately. And it's very important to start appreciating the person and to work together on, indeed, trying to not to throw dirt on the fire, like we said, that's there, to extinguish it, but to flame it. Not with false intensity, but with something real. And real intimacy doesn't happen automatically. This is one of those things that people have in their heads that if the spark goes out and they say, all of a sudden, I married the wrong person or I don't love them anymore. In reality, it's none of that is true. It's very simply the fact that now that that excitement went down because of natural chemicals in the brain, now it takes work to develop it it takes time it takes effort relationships only grow and blossom when we nurture them when we feed them when we intentionally take care of them with a with a diligence being being very careful and guarded and working with each other in preserving it and that's an extremely important thing it for example if you're offered someone offered you in the place where it grows strawberry plants for a garden. And they give you the plants and you put it in put it in, in. you begin watering it daily, but for about four days. And then you forget about the flat plants and you neglect them for a few weeks. All of a sudden weeds and insects and dehydration kills them all within that short amount of time. You wanted those strawberries, but you didn't want them bad enough to tend to those plants properly. So you were passionate. Wow, strawberries, I'm going to have, but you weren't committed to it. That muscle is similar to the dynamic many of our marriages have. That it, 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 it disappears almost as quickly as, as that, those strawberry plants we just talked about. Most marriages, or many marriages, some marriages, start off passionately with high goals, ideas, honorable mentions, high expectations. But if a couple, husband and wife, is not committed to the routine care, to the maintenance of their relationship, which requires hard work, and sometimes it's not so romantic that hard work, but love fades after that if you don't put the work in, and eventually does indeed, you know, wither. doesn't have to be that way. It does not have to be that way. The initial passion in a relationship can wear off, but if the commitment remains strong and remains strong as ever, then it could grow into a committed love of a long-term, everlasting, extremely deep aspect. And I'm not going to get into the physical intimate aspects now, but many are made, the ones that have real good marriages, that that the intimate, physical intimacy that they experience when they're 45, 50, are as much deeper, more enjoyable, more satisfying, both to the body and to the soul, than when they were 25, even though technically on a physical level the sex drive was much higher then. But it's not necessarily connected with that because there are other factors in there too, as we talked about in the past, on the emotional end and on the spiritual end. So that is an important concept to understand, to realize not to um, be real, to, to not to be unrealistic about the connection between you and your husband, and to recognize that there is it is natural for the excitement to wane, and it is important to put in that hard work to strengthen that connection again as a real, deep, long-term relationship connection. Part of that work that we're talking about that creates this closeness is simple things with words, the way we talk, and how to be careful about it. Mentioned several times in the main group, Harapam, Zaychatzad L'Kavracha, always used to tell bachram that if we would be careful with the way we talk, even a, a 25% careful, compared to the way we were careful as we talked when we were dating, or as Hassan and Kala, a lot of marriages would be a lot better than they actually are now. To use your words wisely. So for example, if your husband called you from work or late, so instead of something, to say something like, well, it's about time you called and I hate it when I don't hear from you all day, you could change those words and say something like this, you know, I see you must have been re- be really busy today, but I'm so glad that you found a moment to call, and I missed hearing your voice. The difference between those two expressions, like night and day, and what does it cost? Nothing. And it only builds goodwill. Or, even if you're upset about something, let's say your husband puts other projects ahead of you or ahead of your your children, So you could say that also two ways. You could say, that's just like you. You're always doing stuff for others and putting your family last. Or you could use the words this way and say it as follows. I think it's wonderful that you want to help this person. But before you make a commitment to help this person, however, can we first talk about what effect this might have on our time together as a family? So again, you're not whitewashing or burying under the rug or, or, or keeping the resentment inside or anything like that. You're just using your words to express your need in a healthy, loving, polite way, and it comes across much better. Usually a husband will understand that and realize, you know, I do have to weigh my helping other people versus to what I need to do within my own family. So those type of little, seemingly little things of weighing our words and the way we talk, and to respond more positively, has a tremendous, tremendous um, effect in the positive way to bind you together, to create that indeed that true intimacy uh, between you and your husband. And another thing which I know is not an easy thing, especially when Kanaihara. There's a, there's a lot of children and young children and busy with the children, whatever ages they are, from toddlers, from babies, toddlers, to 10-year-olds, to teenagers, young teenagers, even older teenagers. And we talked about this before. What we often fall prey to, understandably, is to, because of that stress and because of that hecticness, that we fall into things in life that all of us fall into. Sometimes it could be weight gain, sometimes it could be moodiness, feeling overwhelmed, feeling resentful, sometimes you know being stressed out. And we have to do everything we can to try to fight that and to try to give sometimes to our husbands. And on the opposite side of the Mechitza, talk the same way because it's a two-way street like everything else. And It's very important, we talked about it in the main shiurim as well, to give him quality time, your husband that is, as much and even more sometimes than your own children. We talked about in the main shiurim very often, that sometimes we feel guilty. Let's say we have even a seven-year-old, eight-year-old, ten-year-old, and a husband and wife decides they're going together on vacation for themselves, to have quality time themselves. And they feel guilty. And sometimes even the kids may feel short-term-wise you know, like sort of like abandoned. Even though they're going to a friend or a relative but they feel a little left out. But you need to see the long-term picture. It's the biggest matana you could give them. The healthiest and greatest matana you could give your children is the strong connection that you have with your husband. And that's one of the biggest brachas that you could give to your children. So temporarily displacing them or going away for a few days, quality time with your husband is certainly worthwhile, not just for yourself and your own marriage and for your husband, but for your children as well. So we brought up three basic points in this year. The main akud is really the first one and to understand the difference between intensity and intimacy and even if that passion it goes down in marriage it's important to put very hard work to develop that connection to keep that fire going which is deeper and more meaningful that is really where the true genuine intimacy is and guard your heart against these false passions or false that could cause weakness in the marriage by looking outside and so on and so forth we talked about the way you talk and use your words. And we talked also about giving no matter how difficult it is. Just like we talk on the husband side, the same concept, you know, that you have to spend quality time, husband to wife, wife to husband, and even sometimes to a certain degree at the expense of the children. Because long term, that is the biggest bracha you could give your children. When the two of you they see their mother and father connected in a very deep way that is what gives them life what gives them comfort what gives them hope and it's the biggest bracha you could possibly give them not just for their well-being and safety and security of how they feel while they're in your home but also as a model that they could model how they treat Your, your sons will see how properly to treat their wives by looking at your husband hopefully who is behaving in that loving way and your daughter's same will look at you as a role model of how to treat your husband the right way. That will enhance your son's and your daughter's marriages after they're out of the house and they're married. And that is the biggest bracha you could give them. Bracha natslacha.